When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jan Vertonghen with a thumping forward. And he waits right at the last. Lamella! Steering by Alderweireld. And he saved it. Hugo Lloris. Vertonghen captain delivers when his team really needed it. Ericsson dipping brilliant. That is absolutely stunning from Christian Ericsson. Hello and welcome back here to The Last Word on Spurs, where we review the narrow 1-0 defeat to Liverpool in the Premier League and also look ahead to Middlesbrough to come in the FA Cup and take a whole host of your listener questions. Delighted to have back on this show with me, Jason McGovern and Jamie Brown from the Daily Hotspur. And we're also pleased to hand out a debut to Anne Fuller, who joins us, hopefully, to give us some therapy in this next hour or so as we reflect back on that weekend defeat for Spurs and also as we mentioned look ahead to Middlesbrough to come in the FA Cup on Tuesday. And Fuller as the debutant I'm going to start with you because I felt that was a much better performance from Spurs especially in the second half we didn't do anything rash and open up too early we stayed in the game we kept it to a one goal deficit gradually increased the risk and ultimately nearly equalised a few times towards the end of that game the Chelsea offered much much more than Ericsson and was so nearly the hero what did you make of Spurs' performance against Liverpool and the result I mean everyone before the game was going in you know expecting us to get absolutely hammered and I, I'm, I'm glad that it was only 1-0, to be honest, and I hate that we have to even think about that. But 
we clearly set up quite well defensively and I think we had to play like that because I don't really think we have the kind of players in midfield that we could have gone at Liverpool with. Um, I think when Lo Celso did come on for Ericsson, I think he made such an impact and Lamella as well, to be honest. They both did a really good job. I think we probably should have nicked an, a draw, I would say, because we had a, we created enough and made a lot of chances and missed <laughs> quite a few sitters, to be fair. Um, yeah. I've got to ask you, Anthony, but do you feel after watching that game, you were generally a bit more hopeful after that, especially that last 10 minutes, because I thought it was really good stuff from Spurs in terms of how they stepped it up. It was, I think, all about the mentality. We do hope, obviously, long-term, Mourinho stops persisting with Ericsson now and also can hope to find a solution and get rid of Rose or at least phase him out. Do you come away from that game feeling a bit more positive how Spurs played? Definitely in terms of defence. I thought our defence was completely hopeless in the last few games or so, but Tanganga really came in and made an impact for me. I think that back three works really well. Even Toby looked a lot better with pace either side of him with Sanchez and Tanganga. And I think it was definitely a lot more positive. I I thought it might have got worse from our last performances, especially when we were up against you know the, the best team in the league. But it was a lot more positive. Um, so I'm hoping we can build on that. Brock at Stunning Spurs says, We were superb, in my opinion. Definitely didn't deserve to lose. If we played like that every match, we wouldn't be in the mess that we found ourselves in at present. Lots of positives to take, despite the defeat. Now, Jay, I want to bring it on to you, because it is weird how a defeat can give us all a bit of hope and optimism moving forward. Because let's be honest and say, this is not only a reminder of how Mourinho can set up a team to spoil an opponent and make game-changing decisions in terms of substitutions... But, you know, we have to bear in mind that this team that he had out there was without the likes of Undembele, Kane, Sissoko, Davis, Lloris. Do you come away, Jay, feeling a bit more excited, the you know introduction of Tanganga? How do you take that game in isolation, Jay, when you come away from it? I thought it was a lot better performance than what we have produced over recent weeks. Um, I think, ultimately, it comes down to, I know a lot of people accuse us of maybe being negative, um, but look, I just don't believe we have the players to go head-to-head, toe-to-toe with Liverpool. Um, I think in the way we did set up and, and kind of our game plan, it was really good. And I think it was kind of the right way to go about it, just being realistic with the players that we got. Unfortunately, we haven't come away with the point because I think, firstly, we were very poor in front of goal, of course. We know we had Giovanni Lichelso and Xiongmin Son had a couple of opportunities that, that we spurned. We had a great... Um, I think in the, in the first opening 20 minutes or so, we, we, we did look as though we were kind of the better team and we didn't really take advantage of that. And that was disappointing. Um, and I think another thing was, was unfortunately the lack of effort. I know people will say that maybe, you know, yes, we have got good players, but unfortunately you can't legislate for players lacking in effort. I think that, you know, I look at Sergio here when he was running better, when he was jogging back to, to make a recovery. You had Christian Eriksen, who just did not want to put in. And, you know, he felt as though if he did something good, he'd have to sign a new contract at Spurs. So, you know, it was just a lot of lack. There were players that, that were lacking in effort. Um, and unfortunately, I think that's what let us down yesterday in terms of why we didn't get a result in the end. Joe, you've got a question here which I want to ask you. This is from Andrew Hearn at Herney Hotspur, who said, What did you think of Mourinho's tactics for three quarters of that game? Felt we made it too easy for Liverpool and that instead of waiting until we went 1-0 down and then apply a pressure after the 75 minutes, we should have had a real go from the very start, especially being the home team. Thoughts on that, Jay? One thing I do sympathise a lot with Mourinho is that he hasn't, he didn't have a striker yesterday and it kind of really showed for me 
that it was maybe the right decision, even though we did lose the game in the Champions League final, to start Harry Kane. Because when you've got a player like Virgil van Dijk up there, I think it was just impossible for Lucas Moura and, and Sonny to kind of, you know, they just did not fare very well against him. And, and for Spurs not to have that kind of real presence up front in terms of a Harry Kane or a proper number nine really just did not help in terms of going forward. And, um, you know, that's one thing where I'm really frustrated with a club that, you know, it's taken until Harry Kane to get a serious five, you know, five months or however long it is the injury, a long-term injury to kind of finally react and look for a backup striker. And I think that our, our attacking play was really limited because we didn't have that number nine. And, and when you're coming up against Virgil van Dijk, it's, it's nearly an impossible task. So that, for me, was the frustrating part. Jay, this wasn't the game many expected. After a really poor first half going forward, Spurs did control much of that second half. And with better finishing, we should have taken at least a point and possibly more. I mean, is there some positives in defeat for Mourinho to take? Not at least that back three. Thoughts on the game, Jace? I took the different view. I thought for 75 minutes, our game plan was just to kick it long in the hope Liverpool made a mistake. And we didn't have a spell of five minutes pressure in 75 minutes. We didn't string any passes together in 75 minutes. We, we talk about the great chances we could have got from Son and Lacelso. We forget Firmino hit a post. We forget Van Dijk hit a header straight at Gazaniga. We forget Firmino hit a shot straight at Gazaniga. We forget that Gazaniga made a fingertip save from Mane. By the time Sonny had his chance, we could so easily have been 4-0 down. And I watched the Liverpool side yesterday come to Tottenham and complete 777 passes. And I see that Liverpool side complete only 470 at home to Brighton. So if Brighton can restrict Liverpool with a little bit more ambition, surely Tottenham, a consistent top four side four years, should have a little bit more ambition than to just stay in the game for 75 minutes. I ask you, if Christian Eriksen wasn't playing like he's worried about picking up a contract threatening injury and Danny Rose wasn't irrevocably washed, do you think that actual game plan may have been able to work? Who picked Danny Rose? Who picked Christian Eriksen? We had better. What were the alternatives, Jason? Tell us what the alternatives were there, Jason. You honestly don't think Ryan Sessignon is a better alternative than Danny Rose. You honestly don't think Lacelso is a better alternative but than you, Christian Eriksson. But in those last ge- but in the last games that we have played, we've lost when when Sessignon's played there. Yes. I hope eventually he'll be a better player. Jamie, don't think- don't get me wrong. I'm not saying if those players played, we'd win the game. What I'm saying is, I find it ridiculous that we allow Liverpool to come to Tottenham and make 777 passes and we think we've played well. Because we haven't. It's the third highest pass completion they've had all season. I'm just saying that for 75 minutes, we produced absolutely nothing other than hoofing the ball, hoping a mistake. We played brilliantly for 20 minutes. Could we have not tried to do that? For 35 minutes. Going on form, you know, we, we got a draw against Norwich. We made silly mistakes in defence. We lost against Southampton, again, really stupid goal to concede. And we drew against Middlesbrough, again, a stupid goal to concede. And you look at Liverpool, they haven't lost the game. So, you know, we the only re- the only way we could have really... We are, we're not going on any confidence here. We haven't... Our, our team is lacking in confidence and mentality. So, setting up defensively, he was protecting our team because... They're the best team in the league. And I know we shouldn't 
we should go in with more ambition than that. I agree, but at the moment where we are, I don't. I just don't think we could have. I think we would have got massively destroyed if we went in trying to outpass Liverpool. I just don't think at the moment, like in the situation we're in with the players that we have and kind of the attitude and the, the kind of frame of mind that we're in, I just don't feel as though we do have the players to go, you know, to go toe to toe and kind of show that ambition. And you know, we all knew going into that game we were probably going to lose. And for me, we set up right to go more, go and be more defensive. You've got to be realistic. This is this side of the champions of the world. They haven't lost in 37 games. So for me, you know, you've got to take it. It's kind of got a game by game basis. And you've got to realise that maybe yesterday, yes, we had to be a bit more negative and a bit more defensive minded just because of the situation we're in at the moment. Mourinho, for the first time in God knows how long, he's had a full week to work with that Spurs team. And he made the point in saying only a couple of weeks ago that if he had his opportunity he would look to maybe start all the attacking play for us to be more defensive. Now, I'm going to be honest with Jason. I say, apart from the goal, I think defensively Spurs looked a lot stronger. I think Tanganga, who we're going to come on to, had a really good debut. Did you at least see what he was trying to do, Jay? Because for me, looking at it, not trying to be too objective, I thought defensively we looked a lot better. We looked like a unit. We looked like we had had some work on the training ground over the last week. Would you agree on that? Don't get me wrong, Rick. I'm not, I'm not deliberately picking on... On him, I understand what he tried to do. I understand the game plan of trying to stay in the game. I understand those types of things. But let's be honest, that's what Sam Allardyce's teams used to do. You know, that we should have, at home, we should have a little bit more ambition than staying in the game. I'm not talking necessarily about going toe-to-toe with them. Jamie sent me a, re- a report that said Son Heung-min He's a decent player, yes, Sonny? Attacking player, quite decent. He didn't touch the ball in Liverpool's half between the 30th and 60th minutes. Think about that. Just think about that as a single statistic. No, I, I can understand where you're coming from. I mean, there was a point where we had all 11 men in our own half at one point, exactly. that no-context image. I mean, listen, I'm not sitting here justifying that long-term, Jase. All I'm suggesting is that, you know... I think, like Jay said there, in this particular game, because we know of the threat that Liverpool can cause us, Mourinho, it was a defensive setup. You can't, you can't get away but, from that, Jase. But what I'm saying, Rick, is I, I accept Liverpool are a fantastic side. They're a brilliant side to watch, right? And they can cause us problems. And I understand if you go toe-to-toe and you leave big gaps, they can pick you off. But Watford, when they were bottom of the league, with no wins, went to Anfield and Liverpool completed 300 less passes against them than they did against us. Watford, bottom of the league, winless, went to Anfield and got 45% possession. We had, going into the last 20 minutes yesterday, we'd had 27% of the ball. Now, this is bottom of the league Watford I'm talking about, not Real Madrid playing Liverpool. You know, we've got to do a little bit better. And we had players, Mora, Son, Deli, Ericsson, Winks, that are capable of passing a football to another white shirt. There is no reason to have to hoof for 70 minutes. Well, it looks like Paul O'Connor agrees with you, Jace, here. Paul's 2001 says the team needs to be more direct and aggressive and need more urgency going forward too. We're so often taking unnecessary touches and missing the runs. Of course, we were taken 
a scrape draw or a win, but defensively we were better against the best attack. Can see this being a blueprint. Now, we'll keep an eye on that, but I think one of the positives out of that game was definitely Jeffet Tanganga. And to be honest with you, Anthula, thrust into that game because he made a goal-saving block in the first minutes after Firmino beat Gazaniga with his shot. But the young defender started confidently with a big header, then an interception, and he grew into the game. What did you make of his performance? I think he came away with a lot of praise, and rightly so. I absolutely love him. I mean, I watched him pre-season and I was really impressed. And his maturity and his physicality and the way he's not afraid to get stuck in, he's brilliant. And I think obviously he's got to work on a few things. Like I think he commits a bit too early sometimes, doesn't read the game as well. But again, he's really young. And to make a debut against the best team in the league and have such a great impact was brilliant, I thought. I thought it was a shame that, you know, we we switched off from the the throw-in for their goal and Wink switched off a bit and then that happened to Tanganga when he kind of committed a bit too early and then they scored. But overall, I think it was really, really positive and I'm, I'm hoping he starts a lot more games because I think we really need him. Agree. Yeah, I think it was a really, really good debut. And Jay, just to bring you in on Tanganga, you know, he made some really big interceptions at the back in that second half before switching to a left-back when Rose went off. He might have been turned for the goal, but he proved that he's a real Premier League player. And, you know, when you bear in mind, you know, this guy, it was his debut. It's one of the best teams in the world. Could you have asked anything more from him, Jay, in terms of a performance like that against Liverpool? I think also, firstly, um, just on the offence, I think that it was it was a massive call from Jose Mourinho to go and start Jeff at Tanganga. But for me, you know, you look at that Liverpool front three and the kind of the, the movement and pace that they have. I think, in a way, it was smart, and it was smart and brave to to go and pick Jaffet Tanganga, and then, of course, you know, recalling Davinson Sanchez, because I think if you'd have, if maybe if Yamatongan had have been on the pitch, I think we saw against Middlesbrough, we saw against other teams as well. You know, he's kind of been uh, torn apart, really. So for that, you know, I do praise Mourinho for that. Um, but yeah, Jaffet Tanganga is a guy that that came in. I think, as we said, over pre-season, he did deserve his opportunity. He looked really impressive in a lot of games. Um, and just, you know, just his composure for a 20-year-old making this Premier League debut uh, against the world champions, against the European champions, I think it was really impressive. And that was just something he just threw himself in there. It looked like any other game to him. So, yeah, I'm really, really pleased with his performance. And hopefully, as we said, yeah, we see more of him. Jay, being in the stadium as well, do you think because Mourinho given him that debut, it just seemed to re give some real yeah. energy? To the yeah. crowd, even before kickoff, everyone seems to kind of be revitalised by giving, you know, a player, one of our own, the opportunity to really go out and showcase himself against one of the best teams. You know, being in that stadium, did you really feel that lift when Tanganga's name was read out? Yes, 100%. I mean, you, you saw the reaction when his name was read out. There was a huge cheer, the biggest cheer out of all the players. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, we, we always see lots of people calling for Troy Parrott that's come through our academy. Um, we've, of course, had a few more and they've got Harry Winks, Harry Kane. They've all been really exciting players. And that's something that we love at Spurs, just to have, you know, one of our own. And, and it was that that was the case with Tanganga. And yet, yeah, definitely, it definitely did give us a lift. I mean, look, we've obviously the last results have left us feeling really low. But this is a player that, as I said, he's earned his opportunity. So we all know that, that he's capable um, and in a game like that, yeah, I think it was it was a good call from Mourinho in the end. Can't forget also Danny Rose returning at left back. Harry Winks also returned to the heart of that Spurs midfield with Lucas Moura, Deli Alley, and Hummin Son leading our attack against Liverpool. But Jace, I want to ask you about Tanganga because you know 
when you look at him and his physique and the way he played, he, he read the game for me ever so well. Yes, many will maybe point to just that one moment where Firmino cleverly turned him inside out, but that won't be the first and the last time Firmino does that to defenders this season. I mean, this guy, Jace, has only got five and a half months left on his contract. Number one, does that worry you? And number two, are we seeing a future star here for Tottenham in Tanganga? Well, we've called all season and said, don't play the contract rebels. So do we include him as that? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, performance-wise, Jay, were, were you happy with that display from him? No, nah, it, was, it was fantastic. It was, a, it was a really promising debut. I thought he looked comfortable with the ball. Uh, the fact that, that Mane didn't give us that many problems when he was that side. He then switched over when, when that idiot went off at left back, played over there for 20 minutes. Salah hardly did a thing over that side. You know, considering who he's up against, yeah, he got turned by Firmino. But as you, you're right, Firmino turns, <laughs> Firmino's capable of turning Toby and Yan, isn't he? Um, I thought it was a tremendous performance. And I looked at him and I thought, you know what? You gave me everything today I wish Juan Foyth would give me. Because Juan Foyth's a young defender. But we see him make sloppy, really silly mistakes frequently. And yet Tanganga didn't do that yesterday. I, I can't remember him making a mistake as such. He looks so and much more advanced though, Jace, doesn't he? Than, absolutely. Than he looks like yeah, a completely different absolutely. animal to Juan Foyth. No, absolutely. But that's what I mean. That's what I wish Juan Foyth would be at the moment. You can accept, you can accept if he get in turn for the goal, for instance. That's, that's inexperience, naivety, whatever. That you'll come with learning. But he didn't make the types of sloppy mistakes and last-ditch positional tackles that, that even Juan Foyth makes. So, no, it was hugely, hugely promising. And for the first time in my life, I'll say, pay him whatever he wants to sign that contract. <laughs> say that one more F time, James. FYI. FYI. Word on the grapevine, he's an Arsenal fan. Oh, no. You have <laughs> to ruin it for his anthem. Is that true? <laughs> really? No. Well, you, yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, but, but so, yeah, Harry Kane's been accused of being an Arsenal fan and you look at what he did to them. So Yeah, yeah, yeah but on, so Serge Aurea. <laughs> This is why yeah, he, he plays no, that's all fan. That's true, Jay. That's true. But just on Tanganga making his first appearance, he discussed after the game how he was, you know, alerted to that news. He said the gaffer asked me on Tuesday, Do you want to play? I said yes. He said, You sure you won't be scared if you play? I said no. And Mourinho before kickoff said, That is Tottenham. He's a good kid, working half for years. He had a good preseason from what we analysed. He had to really work hard for his chance. He's very fast. And that was one of the main reasons Mourinho cited that he was in the team from kickoff. You have to play those kind of players when you are up against the likes of Salah and Mane. And we have more experienced people than him, but they're not as fast as Jaffa Tangang. And that's one thing in this team now. When you look at that centre-back pairing, you know, if we are going to go that way in terms of... Jaffet Tanganga and Davidson Sanchez. You know, that's a really pacey pairing. It's a young pairing. We've got a question here, actually, Jay, from Matt Robinson, who said, really love Tanganga with Sanchez and Toby. Who agrees that having Toby as captain showed a lot more passion? He kept Tenori to switch on, but we've been asking Tenori to switch on for the last year and a half, haven't we, Jay? I was really pleased with the, with the back line. I think that I did tweet out yesterday after the game that I think that that is probably our, our three that, that should probably be our the partnership going forward having having all the, the three of them um, yeah I mean that was I think something that really did strike me with Tanganga as Jason said you know the way he was just confident in possession as well he was able to carry the ball forward just didn't seem faced at all by having Sadio Mane uh, coming up against him of course you know I remember in pre-season he came up against Cristiano Ronaldo and putting a, a, an excellent performance against him so he's clearly you know and after the game he spoke so maturely so he's He's clearly a guy that is very mature and and is very and has certainly got a lot of promise. But I do agree. I think that that should be our back three going forward. It's 
as I think as you said, it's it's a case of sorting out those fullbacks now because that does leave us with an issue. But yeah, I was really pleased with those three yesterday. And Thula, how much does that excite you seeing another youngster come through the academy? And you know, with that contract as we mentioned it, only five and a half months left to run. How high on that priority list should it be for Daniel Levy to get that contract secured long term for this defender? Extremely high. I mean, he wouldn't have to go and buy someone, will he, if he signs him back on? Um, I think, sadly, I think Jan Vertonghen's probably lost his legs now. It's pretty sad to see the way he's been playing recently. I mean, I'd love to just remember him the way he was before, but it's pretty sad. Um, I think he's fantastic. I'm hoping he improves. I think the coaching staff are doing. I've done well in, in identifying him to bring him into the first team. I'm really excited to see more of him. Yeah, looks a real good prospect. And Jace, just to also mention on Tanganga, he even carried on after that really poor shin-high challenge from Andrew Robertson, which perhaps should have been punished more than it was by Liverpool. Well, by the referee. Could you believe he got away with that one, Jace? Well, I thought it could have easily been read. The fact that he won the ball doesn't now matter. It's it's whether you follow through dangerously. It's just the same. It was shin high. He got away with it. I mean, to, to not even give us... I don't think we even got a free kick from that, did we? He certainly no, didn't... No, it was reviewed by VAR, but that was it. It was actually carrying on. I couldn't believe it. But, but to think we, he didn't even get booked from that. He then went charging through into Toby and caught him shin high afterwards and got away with that one. And I think there was a third challenge he made in the game that he, he also got away with. So, yeah, I think he was... A, I mean, I'm a massive fan of Andy Robertson. I think he's by far the best left-back in the league. But yesterday, he had one or two moments where he was a little bit fortunate, shall we say. That's for sure. What did you make, Joe, of his performance in terms of Robertson? Because I think, like Jason said there, he's admired as a player, but many think he's one of the most unlikable in the league and such a dirty little player. Is that true? Is, is that fair? What do you think? Gets it, doesn't he? <laughs> Well, he, he gets it more than Danny Rose does. <laughs> what do you think, Jay, on that? I mean, yes, for me, it was it was 100% a red card. I mean, you know, that, in the stadium, people were everyone's jumping up and couldn't believe that, that nothing was getting um, it, it was certainly was a red card. You know, it's, it's, he's gone in similar to Aubameyang's challenge on, uh, on uh, Max Meyer against Crystal Palace. And when he got the red card, and if it did go, I can't remember if it did go to VAR or not, but that's bizarre if it wasn't a red card because, you know, Studs up, and if you see some of the replays, it is very clearly endangering him. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it was it was a red card, and it was a bit bizarre. I think there was another incident as well where, for their goal. It was I think it was just before the their throw in. I think it came off one of their players, and that was another complaint. But yeah, I, d- I don't want to get too much into kind of blaming uh, decisions because ultimately, I think uh, Liverpool were worthy winners in the end. And Thun, I want to ask you about Toby Adeviroad. You mentioned earlier about Yamba Tung and how his legs are coming towards an end for him. But Adeviroad was the experienced head in that back line. He guided the two younger players either side of him in terms of Damison Sanchez and Jaffet Tanganga. Was the captain. What Do you think he's still got a long-term future at the club? He's just signed that three-and-a-half-year contract. I mean, should we be confident that he's still got the ability? And, you know, many have maybe said in the last, again, month or so that Toby's also lost his legs. Are you concerned about him long-term? I think I have been quite I have been fairly concerned about him if I'm honest. I think he has more mistakes in him than he has had a few couple of years back for sure. I think he definitely looked a lot more comfortable having Sanchez and Tanganga either side of him. Um I think he can probably refine his form to be honest. I think he did really well as captain. It looked really solid at the back. So I think he does have a 
future, I think we'll be fine just having them there for sure. Alderweireld actually after the game spoken Tanganga's debut and he said, I think he had a wonderful game. He showed against a good opponent that he's a very talented boy. It's a great learning experience and he has nothing to lose. It can be very proud of his own performance. I mean, Jace, just in terms of that back line, I thought Damison Sanchez again for me, having him come back in, I've made it very clear that for me, I think at the moment he is the best central defender we've got at the club. What did you make of that overall back line? And would you be in favour of going with a back three moving forward from what you've seen in terms of Tanganga's first appearance at the club? Well, I think in terms of, of Toby's bit of a drop-off this year, I think to have that pace that those two had along was without a doubt definitely helps him out. And and I'd be, you know, for me, Tanganga should start every single game now. Don't care, FA Cup games, Champions League games, I want him in that team now. Because, you know, he won't make the, the, the sloppy types of errors. And and you learn by playing, not by sitting on the bench watching. And, you know, with the position we're in, I, I, I think just let him have that development. Let him have that adaptation. Let him make a few mistakes this year so that when we kick off next season, he's, he's, he feels like he's genuinely a first-team player, not somebody who's, who's always, you know, having to prove something. So, for me, I thought it was was was, was ex- Sanchez, brilliant game, I thought. The, the number of blocks... Uh, some of them are with, with incredible body angles that he had to, but last-ditch blocks, but he was always there to make them. And, and yeah, for those three were, were excellent as a pair, and it was just the, the lack of protection in front of them and the wide areas where, again, we struggled at. I have to ask you, Jace, about your favourite player, Danny Rose. I mean, let's be honest about it. His distribution at times during that game was woeful. His positioning all over the shop. Hadn't started a Premier League game since October, also against Liverpool. Well, my God, it showed, didn't it, Jace? Well, I thought he was their best player. I think he probably created more chances than anyone else. I mean, I literally, Love honestly him. thought we had 10 men against 12 for most of the game because he constantly seemed to pass the ball to a red shirt. I think he created more chances for them than Trent Alexander-Arnold. So, I mean, that, that sums it up. I mean, he was, it, was, it was appalling again. And, I mean, how many people keep saying, oh, he offers us more than Ben Davis? And I think, what the hell does he offer us? And, you know, when people used to laugh at me when I said, go and sign Nuneaton Burroughs left back because he's better than Danny Rose, people thought I was exaggerating. But I think more and more people see that, that that's actually true. There could not possibly be a left back in the entire league that is worse than Danny Rose. There can't be. Well, Anthony, I'm going to ask you, is Jason fair with that analysis? Debut, so I've got to ask you, is Jason right with saying that? Yeah, I'm sorry, but Rose is another one that his legs are sadly gone. I don't think he he's the player he once was, and he his performance was along with Ericsson's was pretty poor, if I'm honest. Does it worry you <laughs> left back long term, Anthony? Or do you think we'll be all right? I mean, Sessie Young it was it would have been I think his fifth consecutive start if he had played that game, but he was on the bench in terms of that left back spot. Does it concern you long term? Do you think we've got enough there now with Davis coming back and we've got Sessie Young? I'm actually really looking forward to having Davies back. I think, you know, he's quite he's quite safe, he's quite consistent, he's quite reliable in defence, and I think that will make a difference. He also can work in a back three if we need him as well. Um I'm Sessignon. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a left back, if I'm honest. I think he's more of, of the on the left wing. I don't I don't see him as a defender at all. But I do think he's also an option if we're playing with a back three so he can go further up the pitch and gets in some crosses. So I do think we'll be okay at left back. I think right back is, is more of a concern for me. I don't think Ori is the answer. He's a bit lazy. He doesn't really track back as much. Um, I think we do need to buy right back. It's funny you mentioned that 
and Thriller on Surge, because I want to ask you, Jay, at times, Aurea seems to be playing this kind of free role infield rather than down the right. I mean, plenty of those jogging back, disinterested moments, but he set up a great cross, as we saw late on for of Chelsea. But overall, another day, Jay, where is he thinking I'm going to be a number 10? What, what did you think of Aurea's display? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, there was sometimes, it was, it was just utterly frustrating watching Serge Aurea sometimes. Um, there was moments when, you know, he was jogging back to recover and get the ball when it's like those, those fine margins of, um, you know, the Liverpool players, you watch the Liverpool players, they're quick, they're, they're up, you know, they've been tackled, they're up and they're going to try and recover the ball. With Serge Aurea, he gets tackled or he's knocked down and then he's jogging back to get the ball and it's, that's kind of the difference. And, and as I said, you know, when Mourinho's got players that have that sort of attitude in his team, it just lets his whole game plan down and, and, and that, and that's again, that's where I do feel sorry for him in a way because he's got players like that. I mean, I said another one was was Christian Eriksen. It was you know a lot of the time he just looked so uncommitted when he was going into tackles and and when you've got the you know two of them and and when you've got players like that, it it just becomes very difficult. Um, Serge Aurier, I mean, look, we know there are real issues with Aurier, and again, he was just he was very poor yesterday, um, as was Danny Rose, unfortunately. Um, I, th I think it's right though. I do think that, that actually I'm, I'm quite looking forward to having Ben Davis back. I think in, in the kind of the way that we do set up and, and kind of having that the left back as more of a defensive player and kind of maybe s slotting into the as one of the centre backs. I think we've seen with, with Ben Davis that you know he's, he's capable of doing that. So in a way, I'm looking forward to having, having him come back and look, you just hope if, if we are going to get rid of Carl Walker-Peters, we can get in another young British right back because... I'm really fed up of uh, having to watch Serge Aurier jogging around the pitch all game. It's interesting, Jace, because Mourinho did reference a point in his pre-match press conference ahead of this game that with Ben Davis, he's really looking forward to having him back because Ben was just starting to work in a new system with him, then got injured. Do you think Mourinho will like Davis because of what Anthula actually said, that he's reliable, he is dependable, and he's a safe fullback, isn't he? He's a safe fullback. Exactly. I mean, the, the types of... The weaknesses in Ben Davis' game aren't some of the, the sloppy things that, that others do, are they? They're not ridiculous back passes. They're not charging forward, getting caught out of position. He may struggle for somebody who's got a genuine bit of pace and a bit of skill, but you know, that's like I say, that's that's not necessarily mistakes, is it? In in somebody, whereas whereas what we've got at the moment on both sides, some of the mistakes they make are, are horrendous. So I think he will like working, and he's the type of pro that I think Mourinho does like with, but. You know, in fairness, he played for what seventy minutes at West Ham on the opening day, and that's all we we saw of Ben Davis. So, I'm looking forward to him coming back because, you know, let's be honest, I I just want anyone to play at left back in front of of Danny Rose. I mean, I play Harry Kane there in front of Danny Rose, and he could do a job. <laughs> How bad I think it is. It's I can't believe we are we are left with with that, and and people think we're tweeting about don't sell him. Yeah, I mean, You'll who, never live who ever You'll tweeted never live "Don't sell Danny Rose"? Whoever <laughs> did that? I think that that was one of our biggest issues over the summer in terms what, of that you know, tweet. Refusing... <laughs> no, 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 not not necessarily. That All right, okay. It was just just in case of you know, not being proactive enough in in selling these players. You know, yeah. I think it's just so frustrating that these are the sort of players and other players in this squad as well. That the reason that we've gone stale and the reason that we haven't been able to kick on. You know, fans became so attached to them. Look, please don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming the fans. Of course, I'm not blaming the fans. The reason that Danny Rose is still here—that's of course the powers at the club that, that, that why he's not, why he is still here. 
But that that is one of the biggest things, unfortunately, that has let us down. Not being good enough in terms of getting players out the door and then being able to have the cash to go and replace them. That's the key thing for me, Rick, as well. It's it's that's why I don't blame Mourinho for the whole mess. Don't don't accept. You know, I've 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 said it enough times. I despise the man, but I don't blame him for the mess that we are in because Danny Rose should not be at that football club. When Jose Mourinho walked through that front door, he should not have been looking around and thinking, there is my left back, because he should not have been at the club for the last two years. But he hasn't though, Jase, has he? To some degree, he's only played once in the Premier League, and that was since Liverpool. I mean, and that was against Liverpool. So he hasn't really said, that's my left back, has he? He's had to use it because of the lack of options he's got. No, you know what I mean, but he should never even have that as his option, as as the club saying, "Well, that's there's there's our left back Danny Rose there." I don't mean him necessarily selecting him. He shouldn't even be seeing him when he walks into training, you know, unless he's a car park attendant or something, because he is not a professional left back anymore. And and you know, we we talked about Sirkin. I think Sirkin's been with the squad. I, you know, give him a game against Middlesbrough. Give him that chance on on Tuesday night. But please don't play him anymore. Okay, there you heard it, Jose. If you're listening, as, as Jason has pleaded with you, do not play Danny Rose anymore. Well, listen, we are going to go for a very quick break. And when we return, we're going to discuss Liverpool's opener, a potential Ericsson farewell, Le Chelsea's impact, Jason's favourite time, the January transfer window, and a Middlesbrough preview. Do not go anywhere, because we are going to be back after this very short break. And taking you into that break is Anna from Spurs XY talking about a late... Late win for the Tottenham Hotspur ladies. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women's segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. This week I can bring you much better news as I will be talking about a victory over West Ham United at home at the Hive in the Barclays FAWSL. So let's get right into a couple changes to the lineup. Uh, saw Emma Mitchell get her first start after signing for her much-deserved start, in my opinion, because she put in a brilliant performance, brilliant cameo last week, and um, and she actually played brilliantly today. She was my player of the match for sure, and I'll let you know in a minute why. Other than that, we had Becky Spencer in goal, Rhea Percival, Josie Green, Anna Philby, Gemma Davison, Rihanna Dean, Kit Graham, Emma Mitchell, Rosella Ayan, Hannah Godfrey, and Ashley Neville in the starting lineup. Now, overall, this game was, well, very different to the City game. Now, I obviously never expected it to be similar at all. Uh, I expected us to win the game. We have a decent record against West Ham. I went to the away game uh, at the London Stadium. It was a lot of fun. We won 2 0 there. Uh, so I expected us to, to win today. Although we did make a meal out of it. But overall, the game, there were a ton of injuries or a lot of injury time. A lot of players on the ground. Uh, a lot of stopping and starting the game because of that as well. I think the pitch conditions didn't help. It's been very wet lately and it was very windy as well. So it's hard to keep the ball on the ground. And then when the ball was in the air, it just moved around a lot. So it was an interesting game, but never really had a flow to it. So that didn't help anyone. But... Uh, in the end, the first half, the highlight of it were was our goal. Emma Mitchell scored for us on the half on the half hour mark, and she was brilliant. It was a gorgeous goal, lovely little curling shot right into the bottom left corner from the right hand side of the box outside. Oh, it was beautiful. I can highly encourage you to find some videos on Twitter if you can. But it was a lovely little shot, and yeah, it's just it was really what we needed because at that point the game was really dying down. 
and it was just become so slow that it just really sparked us up a bit and that was good it made the half time a lot sweeter um we went into the break and we didn't really need many changes but i think becky spencer must have got injured uh in a little tackle or collision she had in the first half because she came off at half time and chloe morgan stepped in her place and then not much happened in the second half really um west ham had a couple chances we had a couple chances plenty of injuries as well um there was one fairly serious injury but um west ham for a west ham player so thank hope she's all right but other than that uh, we brought on Lucy Quinn for Kit Graham and Angela Addison for Rosella Ayan. And then in the 90th minute, West Ham went and equalised after knocking on the door for a bit. We were pushing for a second goal as well, but we just, we turned off for a bit and they equalised and it was not fun. And they also looked really close to scoring again after that. They almost took the lead and I was getting a bit worried because, you know, obviously we were leading for so long, um, throwing the, the lead away like that and then almost fully losing all points but thankfully uh, oh thankfully we brought on Angela Addison as I said for Rosella Ayan and she made a brilliant run down the left hand side and crossed it into the box and uh, found Rihanna Dean's head who put it into the back of the net she scored another header against West Ham which was brilliant and she won it for us in the 96th minute I believe because there were nine minutes added on so, yeah, it's a stoppage time winner. It doesn't come much sweeter than that. And we were just buzzing at the end. So really happy. Overall, I think I think we deserve to win. Although, as I said, it was such a stop-start game. No one really had any flow to it. But I think we had more chances, although a lot of them were off target. So um, overall, I'm very happy with that. As I said, it's the sort of game I would have expected us to win. I thought it would be a little bit more comfortable. I'm a bit upset that we couldn't keep a clean sheet. But in the end of the day, three points, three points. And, you know... We go on from this as well. So I hope you enjoyed this little segment and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Kermine New Spurs. And Fuller, I want to discuss with you Liverpool's opener because it was a bright start really all for nothing as Firmino did turn Tanganga inside out of a clever roll of his body and fired home across Gazaniga. Now many picked up the case that it looked like it should have been a Spurs throw-in during the build-up. Now as we know, VAR does not check throw-ins. Can we be too angry about that should we defend that situation a lot better do you think Anthony overall I don't think we can be too upset that VAR doesn't check that because that would be interfering I think a bit too much and stop starting the game the game had already stopped and it had been given to Liverpool and I agree it was our throw in as does everybody else um I think it's a shame that we did switch off it doesn't you know just because it was our throw in and it should have been given to us doesn't mean that we should have switched off for their goal at all and I think Mourinho was absolutely right to say that he was disappointed with that, especially when it was clear that he'd been working on our defending in training because we were in the first half doing very well to soak up the pressure from Liverpool and stay in the game. And I think that was a very good game plan until obviously us conceding a silly goal. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I mean, it was a really silly goal to concede when you when you reflect back on it. And Jace, you know, it was a really tough moment for Tanganga, who you would probably say slightly overcommitted in terms of that situation. But it was, as we said, a glorious touch. Finish from Firmino. As I asked Anthula there, Jace, can you be too critical of the case that, you know, there should have been a, fr- a throw on to Spurs in the build-up to that goal? It's brushed off of Mane's shin, hasn't it? But, you know, there's still plenty of time. You just, just defend it and... That's the frustration and where I have massive, massive sympathy with Mourinho over this squad. That we spend 30 minutes apparently working on how to defend a throw-in 
and we concede a goal within 30 minutes of a game with a throw-in. And and he must think, well, you know, what, what, what lessons are people learning from that training pitch? Slow to react to it, slow to, to, to track runners and things, standing off people. And I'm sure he doesn't preach that setup when we're we're trading on it on the training pitch, so again somebody switches off, they stop doing their jobs, and as I've always said, doesn't matter what tactical plan you come up with, if players don't do the jobs they're told to do, then you'll have problems, and and that showed it, and that's got to be huge frustration. The one thing he really worked on in training all week is the one thing that lets us down, and that's you know like I say, I have huge sympathy with Mourinho for that because, you know. <laughs> I go back to it when somebody was labelled tactically clueless and I said, it's not tactically clueless. Players are not doing what they're told to do. And there you go. That's what happened yesterday. I mean, Jay, I think it was very clear, as I said earlier in the show, that there definitely seemed to be a lot more structure in terms of that Spurs defence. Everybody seemed to be working that little bit harder. I mean, we looked a bit more of a tighter unit. Therefore, it is even more frustrating where he even come out and said that I'm a player's coach no, so I have to be a little upset with the way we consider that goal, especially after we spent so much time working on the defence with throw-ins. How hard is that for Mourinho, like Jason says there? He works in it all week, and they went up conceding from exactly that typical situation. You couldn't make it up, could you, Jay? Yeah. Yeah, look, I, it, that is the frustrating thing, that, and that has cost us on so many occasions this season, just those little lapses in concentration, and then we've allowed a team like Liverpool to punish us. Um, and it was frustrating because, as you said, you know, we were defending really well. And, and again, we just became a much better defensive unit. And, and for me, as I think I've said, I said before, um, you know, to have Sanchez back in the team was, was a big boost. And I think that that definitely helped us because he is, like one of our, he is probably our best defender at the moment. So I'm not gonna, I don't want to criticise the defence too much because I was really pleased overall with their performance. But... Yeah, look, it's, it is very frustrating when it's just one moment in that game when we had done so much so well in, in terms of defensive-wise. Um, obviously, Tanganga, we, you know, there, was, there was a few moments where we, you know, we were throwing bodies on the line to, to, to block the ball from going in. Um, and unfortunately, it was just one moment that lets them. So there you go. You know, as, as Jason said, you can't really legislate for those little lapses in concentration. And hopefully over time, that's something that can improve. I thought we defended well as individuals but not necessarily well as a team. I mean, you know, Virgil van Dijk's header, for instance, at Gazaniga, there was three Liverpool players going for the same ball and not a white shirt amongst them. So, you know, as a team, I don't think as a team, Christian Eriksen, uh, we'll come to him and, and the selection of Christian Eriksen, but what did he do defensively in midfield all game? You know, other than just leave Harry Winks to do it all on his own. And, and, you know, we said Serge Aurier didn't run back into position. Danny Rose constantly getting caught out. So I don't think we defended well as a team. I think Toby, Sanchez and Tanganga defended brilliantly as individuals, but not as a team. Well, John, you've brought my next player up, Jace, very kindly there. And it's a perfect segue into what I was actually going to ask Anthula because Christian Eriksen, like Danny Rose and Anthula, his radar was way off. I mean, listen, he covered plenty of ground, but when Spurs needed the quality... He simply didn't have it. And if that does end up being his last appearance for the club, and I think it will really sadly sum up his final 12 months after all the good that went before it, do you think he's tarnished his legacy to some degree here? It's an absolute shame. I don't think his heart's in it now. And I think it's such a shame that it's ended like that. It could, it, you know, it could have ended completely differently, but I don't think he's actually put in a good shift for, or a solid shift for probably around... 12 to 18 months I think he just hasn't really been his head's not been there 
I don't think it's tarnished his career at Tottenham, to be honest. I think we owe him quite a bit and I think he's done a lot for us. He was once our best player. I wish him the best. I think it is time for him to go because he clearly wants to go. Not that I want him to go. But I think if he's going to keep giving us lacklustre performances, then I don't think he should be picked anymore. And I think it's probably time for him to, to go. Yeah, I think it's a player there that clearly wanted to leave. We've kept hold of him for maybe far too long than what we should have done. And Jay, you know, one point during that game, I'm not sure if you saw it afterwards, he handed his shirt to someone in the south stand, waved to the crowd, and then instead of walking across the pitch to the tunnel, he actually walked around the touchline, waving to the fans along the way. It looked like a really mm. long, sincere goodbye. I mean, he was booed yeah. off as well during the game, Jay. I mean, yeah. what do you think of the whole situation with Ericsson? Could we have handled it much better as a club? Could he have handled it much better as a person? I mean... What's yes. your thoughts on it all? 100% Spurs could have handled it better. I mean, I, I said, um, I think it was back in January or so, you know, Spurs should have looked to have offered... When a player has decided they do not want to sign a new contract and there is that, the club have kind of got that impression from the player, they have to sell him. It never, ever ends well with any player. Um, when, when, when there's that contract situation, you just have to sell because now we find ourselves in that situation that every club has, has done and we're losing a player that could have been worth £80 million even more, you know, at the time, uh, two years ago, we could have sold him for probably just over 100 million. And now we're going to lose it. We're, we're desperate for a 20 million for him. And, and that's where Spurs, you know, have, have you know, have, have failed to try and progress. You know, you look at Liverpool in terms of the way that they sold Coutinho and they were able to go and reinvest that money. They, they signed Alisson, they signed Van Dyke, And that's kind of where Spurs have failed to kick on because we just weren't proactive enough in kind of getting these players out the door. So, Yes, I definitely think Spurs could have handled the situation a lot better with Christian Eriksen. Um, it's, it's difficult to say because in terms of has he tarnished his reputation because as, we, as we've established, you know, he's done so much good for us over the last six years. I mean, the, the countless times that he's scored late goals for us or he's created so many opportunities and he's just done so much good for, for Spurs. But unfortunately, last year or so, I think his performances and kind of the attitude that he's shown has been really disappointing and and yesterday it was so frustrating watching him, you know, lacking commitment in tackles. And, and you know, you, you can certainly understand the fans' frustration uh, with his performance yesterday. As you say there, Jay, there's a lot of good moments. And it shouldn't be denying, Jay, that with the day, and he has been terrific for Spurs over the many, many years. He contributed many goals, many assists, more than any others in the club's history. And for much of that Pochettino era, Ericsson was the team's main conductor. Therefore, for you, Jace, when you reflect on his time at the club, you know, do you look back at it in a way which it's going to be remembered maybe not for the right reasons? Can I just, just go for him yesterday first? You know, his, his, appall his performance yesterday was appalling. All I will say to him, in fairness to him yesterday, is why are we playing Christian Ericsson as almost like a, a, as a second holding midfield player. It's clearly not his job. And, and you know, it was Mourinho's decision to get him to play in that role. And actually, it's exactly the same role that Pochettino ridiculously asked him to do at Anfield, where he had him constantly trying to chase Sadio Mane back to help Serge Aurier at Anfield. So it's not just Mourinho that's done it this year. And I'm thinking, really, if we want somebody to sit in front of the back four to just effectively intercept passes and, and make tackles... Why couldn't we have picked Oliver Skip to do that job? You know, why did we pick Ericsson? And if we wanted somebody to be a little bit more creative, there were other options in front of him. So, you know, it doesn't excuse his performance, but I don't, don't quite understand why he was asked to do the role that he did to, 
of being told to do yesterday when there were other alternatives for him. But I think overall, we'll remember Christian Eriksen probably for the next five years as as being a bit of a rat that let us down. And then probably in five years' time, when he comes back for a Legends game, we'll give him a, a standard ovation, much like we've done for, for players like Berbatov and uh, Robbie Keynes and that that have left us and got booed upon their return and then cheered to the rafters a few years later. But it, there was a period in his time at Tottenham when he was massively important to the club. Everything went through him. Everything revolved around him. And, you know, for... How many years has he been there now? What's this? Is this his seventh? Seventh year. Yeah, I think seventh season. Yep, yep. You'd probably say he had five good seasons, five and a half good seasons, and and then the last year and a half, as as or the last just over a year, I suppose, has been very disappointing from him. But overall, he's been a positive influence on Tottenham if you look at his entire time there. But he will suffer from how he's been over the past twelve months more so than, than what he did for five years, unfortunately. Well, it looks like Inter Milan are going to be the team that are looking to fulfil his hopes of a new lifestyle in terms of a different league, different culture. And I think it is best, as we've established here, for all parties that the solution is that Spurs don't lose Ericsson on a free and that we try and get rid of him this January, give him the fresh start and hopefully put the money we get from him towards a replacement. And we're going to maybe discuss players coming in towards the end of this show but one player I want to discuss in a bit more detail is Harry Winks. We haven't yet touched upon Winksy. And Anthony, I want to ask you, over recent weeks, we have seen Harry Winks linked with a move away from the club. I mean, do you think long-term, Anthony, is he a Mourinho-type player? I'll be honest, I thought when Mourinho was announced as our manager, I was like, well, that's probably the end of Winks because I don't think he's a Mourinho-type player at all. Mourinho likes big, physical, strong midfielders and Winks isn't really that um I think I like Winks I think he's been great for us I don't think he's been he hasn't progressed as much as I'd like to him as to progress to progress but I think he is a good player he has been playing so that's promising that Mourinho is picking him to play um it was actually him that switched off for the throw in he was a ball watching a bit and lost his man which wasn't great but overall I like him and I'd like him to stay so hearing him getting linked away is a bit disappointing, really. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very hard, especially when it's one of your own that have come through the academy and you do take an affection to the guy. I think you want to hope that he's going to stay with the club for a very long time. I mean, Jay, just on him, he battled away, got his faces in terms of constantly hassling with tackles, but wasn't sure what to do, Jay, I felt, when he got the ball. And especially high up the pitch, you know, he was much better on the whole, especially in the second half, you know, from a young midfielder. But do you think, as I ask there, Anthula, do you think he has got a long-term future under Jose Mourinho? I feel if it's under Pochettino, no harm. He'd be in this squad. Under Mourinho, I'm just questioning now, Jay. Am I right to question it, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do I do think you are. I think, um, as I've said again before, um, on some of the Love Sports shows, I do question, you know, where does where does Harry Winks fit in this team when when kind of everyone's fit? You'd, you'd hope that Tongi and Domele does start and maybe we do have a another holding midfielder in there. Um, but you know, with Harry Winks yesterday, it's a case of I don't I don't know who else who who else would he have picked because he's so limited in options of midfield and central midfield and and that's of course obviously why we're looking at central midfielders and maybe we're going to bring one in. Um, but yesterday I thought it was a positive performance of Harry Winks. If I had the choice, yes, I'd like him to stay um, because as Jason has said on many occasions, you know he's a homegrown player, he's English. It's important to kind of keep them around for the, you know, the, the Champions League and Premier League rules. 
Um, so, and it's, you know, it's going to be difficult to replace him with another one, uh, another homegrown player if we do get rid of him. But for me, I would, I would love to see Herring stay around just, just to have as a, a squad player. But yeah, unfortunately, you, I do question whether, whether he does have a, a future at Spurs under, under Mourinho. Jace, just to bring you into this debate about Winksy, because I think, you know, you, if many are blaming Winks for the display he gave yesterday, you have to, I think, give your head a wobble because he's playing as a defensive mid when, let's be honest about it, it's not his position. It's a two-man midfield along with his illusion number 10 against a three-man midfield. I mean, what do people expect when we're deliberately trying to play a lack of possession-based football, which is his strength, and we're not playing that way? Can you blame Winks for that, Jace? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, Henderson, Vinaldum and Oxlade against just him because, as we say, Ericsson was anonymous and 3v1, it's impossible to it's impossible to shine in midfield when it's 3v1. It's hard enough 3v2, but 3v1 is is ridiculous. And I thought, you know, he he started to drive forward a lot more when suddenly Lacelso and Lamella were on the pitch and he had options to, to at least try and give it to. But you know, for 70 minutes when whenever he wanted to show for the ball and the ball was being launched straight over the top of his head, um, I, I felt hugely sorry for him yesterday. I think Harry Winks is a, a squad player at Tottenham. There would definitely be, in, a, in the course of a 50-game season, plenty of games where you could think, do you know what, Winks, he can do a job for us today. You know, there's plenty of cup football. There's plenty of games against teams maybe in the bottom half of the league. If if you're playing Manchester United away tomorrow, would you want him in your, your starting lineup? No, I think Mourinho would like a genuine Eric Dyer-style physical presence in there and 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 Dombele. But Winks is getting pelters this year for not being a defensive midfield player when really we've got Dyer and Yama to do that role. Both of them are incapable of doing it. So Winks is getting the blame for what they're incapable of doing. And and I think that's, that's really harsh on the boy. I think, you know, alongside somebody, and I, I think in a 4-3-3, for instance, he'd be a, an excellent little player for us. But, He's definitely for me, you know, he wouldn't be on my list of players to sell in the summer, that's for sure. And and Jamie's right, you know, it's people forget that. Club homegrowns, you have to have in Europe four of them. And so if we sold Harry Winks, for instance, I know nobody's suggested selling him in this window, but if we sold him in this window, we cannot replace him with a foreign signing. So therefore, you'd be replacing him with an academy kid. And really, is he better in that role or is an academy kid better? So, you know, let's let's keep some perspective on it. He has a role to play at Tottenham, without a doubt, in a 55-game season. But it may not be in the starting eleven when you're playing Manchester City, Arsenal or Chelsea. Yeah, I think, like you said there, one to keep an eye on. But you make a great point there, Jay and, and Jay, especially in that homegrown thing. I don't think Winks will be going anywhere, especially this window, and maybe not in the summer. So let's hope he can find a way into Munio's team. And that kind of again brings me on to the nice point that hoping this player does find his way into Munoz's team, Giovanni Lachelso, because he created a massive, massive chance of Hummin Son. With 15 minutes to go, he blazed it over. And, you know, that could have really, at that point, changed the game. And Spurs could have been looking for a winner. But in terms of Lachelso's impact, Anthula, you know, I think he's got some real good footballing ability, the technical ability of this guy. He shows that he's got the tenacity to play as an attacking midfielder. Do you hope Spurs look to sign him up? I'd like to sign him. I don't think you're going to find much better than him in what he does. I think the way he went in for his tackle on Wijnaldum for to give some that opportunity was brilliant. He go he goes into tackles pretty well. I think for a midfielder, um, I think he's great. I I'd like to see more of him. I don't think we've seen enough of him for me to give like 
a full verdict. He seems, he seems to just come in for a couple of minutes here and there, 20 minutes here, 10 minutes there. But I'd like to see him start more because I don't, like I said, I don't think Ericsson should be starting anymore. He's just head's not in the game. I think Lacelso from now on. It's interesting you made that point about Ericsson because I think, you know, that, that kind of proved just in that moment, Jace, with Lacelso that he done something that Ericsson didn't do for the full game. That's why he was right there. He should have really started, I think, ahead of Ericsson. When you look at his display, and is there more confidence he's showing now, Jace, on the ball? Because, you know, like Anthony mentioned there, that sliding tackle sent Spurs away for a chance, which Son fired over. He then had that massive chance himself towards the end, which really he should have scored. But do you like more from what you're seeing of him, Jace, every time you get the opportunity to watch him? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's, you know, like, like any player, and we've talked about the adaptation, I'm not expecting him to come in and be brilliant every single game. You know, there'll be games where he does nothing and he's anonymous. And there'll be games where he has a good spell in a game, but but not necessarily 90 minutes. But you have to go through that adaptation period. And that's why I'm frustrated every time that he's denied minutes in favour of Ericsson that's leaving. I think he looks to play football. There's a footballer in it. That sounds crazy to say, doesn't it? But he looks, he gets his head up. He looks for passes. He looks for progressive passes. He wants to go forward. He wants to create. So, you know, there's much to be said. The only thing that, that I, I, I'm not too keen on seeing is some of the, the uh, little bit of theatrics of, of going down under under very little. But if he can sort that out and realise it's it's English football, not Latin football, then then I think there's a magnificent little player in him and we'll see the best of him next year. And so again, like Tanganga, give him every minute possible this season, please. Jay, I think you've always been a, a guy that wants to see Luchoso being given more time. Give us your thoughts on him and also Lucas Moura because he did, to be fair to him, ran his socks off, worked relentlessly, often scrimming for the ball under pressure. I mean, he's had his fair share of criticism this season and maybe rightly so, but he did turn up in abundance and also worked ever so hard for the team, Jay. Yeah, I think it's it's totally right. We just haven't seen enough of him, and that is really frustrating. Um, as Jason said, it's it's about giving them those minutes to go and improve and to have more time to adapt to this league. Of course, you know he's still only young; he's like 23, 24. So again, you know he's a player that's just come over to here, that's come over here, um, and he's going to need that time to adapt. I mean, the Premier League, as I've said, with Tongi and Dombele, you know it's so much it's so much more physically demanding. Um, obviously, it's a lot tougher to to come and adapt here. So, yeah, we, we just need to see more time. I'd like to see him get more minutes. But from what we've seen, I mean, look, he's got fantastic vision. Um, obviously, his technical abilities in terms of his passing and, and when we've seen him link up with other players has been fantastic. So, yeah, obviously, he's a, definitely a guy I'd like to see, uh, like to see play. And then hopefully um, a guy that, that Mourinho does start ahead of Ericsson from going forward now. Now, one option also Spurs are looking to pursue, and we'll bring it into focus now, is that the club are closing in, reportedly, we have to say, because it hasn't been announced yet, on one of Mourinho's fellow countrymen, Jedson Fernandes, who only turned 21 on Thursday, and we're looking to type what looks like to be, at the moment, an 18-month loan deal, with the option to make the move from Ben Benfica a permanent one at the end. But we have to keep an eye on that. Maybe when you listen to this podcast, that move may have already been done. And from what we know about him, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know too much about the guy. Jay, sticking with you, he's had Champions League experience. He last season played 46 times, scoring three goals and laying on six assists. Do you think more than me? What kind of player are you maybe getting here, Jay? Well, I spent last, was it Friday morning, seeing you and Jamie tell us we'd signed Piacek. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm doubtful we'll sign anything. Are you but, sure it's uh, me and Jay, or just not the sauces selling us that, Jay? Well, well, well you, you know, your brown sauce and your tomato sauce and your Ghana soccer net, you know, you're you circulating, was telling me we'd signed him. But um, it gets, I mean, I haven't seen him. You know, a bit like Piacek, I've never sat there and watched a 90-minute game live that, that either of the players have played in. So, presumably, Mourinho knows him being Portuguese. I think he's only had two league starts this season. In, in Portugal. So if he comes in, you know, we talk about adaptation period for for Ndombele and we've seen how physically demanding it is. So if there's a player that's coming in that's only started two games, um, it, it might be very difficult for him. But I think we're in, honestly in a situation where any any help on deck is, is, can only benefit us at the moment because, you know, as I said the other night, going to Leipzig, I look at that side and think we're going to struggle to take a substitutes bench to Leipzig. That's how badly off at the moment we are, and and um, so any help, any help, welcome. I think, I think as well, I saw somebody that he can actually play on the right side. So you know, perhaps he could be the right-sided wing back even if if necessary. But um, he seems to be a Musa Sissoko style player. But I'd, I'd be a little bit concerned that he's only had two starts this season and and not necessarily been out injured for long of it. From what we know about him, Anthony, and very little, I'm not going to admittedly say I'm an expert on him, but he's a young Portugal international. He's a versatile midfielder. He mainly does play through the centre, but as Jay said there, he can play on the right and the left, which he's shown in recent seasons, and as well as on the other occasion, as an attacking midfielder or a second striker. Is this one of those that you're approval, Anthony, for you? Um, I've heard the same. I've heard he would be a good replacement for Suzoko whilst he's injured. Um, I had Again, I haven't really watched him play, if I'm honest. I've been told that he's more attacking than defensive and that he tracks back which is always a good thing when Aurea doesn't um I he's quite quite young and what worries me is that he hasn't had much game time and adapting to Premier League football might take some time so that's always something to think about I do think we are probably going to sign him I think that will happen um but and like Jay said I think any help right now or hands on deck I think we need it so yeah, I think I as well. I hear that term about Tottenham. Any help needed, all hands on deck. What is going on to our football club? What is going on? I was just going to say as well. I think whilst he seems to be a Sissoko positional replacement, you know the fact that he's only had two games, and he, you know, let's be fair. Musa Sissoko's main main asset is his physicality and his strength, and that his his ability to just keep running and running and running. And that would be my one worry at Fernandez. I'm not so sure he's got that physicality and that those lungs on him yet. But like we say, anything at the moment is welcome. Any help? Yeah, I mean, Jay, let's be very clear about this. You know, Fernandez is not going to be a yeah. creative force. He's no Ericsson replacement, but he is going to add, as no. we mentioned there, the drive, the dribbling ability, and the strength in the tackle to the top of the midfield. That you'd say, yeah. to some degree, we're lacking, Jay, aren't we? A little bit. Yeah, I think, look, it does seem like quite a, a reactive move, obviously. Um, we've, we've lost Musa Soko, and as we've established, um, it does seem as though he is coming in to, to kind of replace that. Um, then, of course, you know, we've been offered the chance to sign him, so I think he, he's kind of a player that Benfica were looking to shift. Now, from, from what I've heard, lot I've heard from, from the sources and, and on, in the reports and stuff, um, he's kind of, he seems to have fallen out with the manager at Benfica, and kind of that's why he hasn't been playing so much. Um, but yeah, I think as as we said again, um, you know, we really just need help because we've just got a real lack of central midfielders at the moment. 
you know, we look at the two we had yesterday, Ericsson and Harry Winks, you know, it really doesn't fill you with much confidence. I think for me, I think we're crying out for a defensive midfielder. So I'm I'm hoping we sign one this January, but I don't I haven't seen us linked to any. Yeah, so well, that, that, I think that's the that's the worry for me. It does look as though we are being reactive, really, in terms of we've lost Harry Kane, uh, we've lost Moussa Soko. Now, obviously, it looks like we are trying to sign a striker um, and we're trying to bring in a holding midfielder. Uh, no, sorry, a central midfielder to replace Moussa Soko. So it doesn't look as though we are, at the moment, looking to go and kind of improve those areas like right back and and holding midfield um, at the moment. It just seems as though we are replacing Sissoko and, and Harry Kane because of their injuries, and we've just been reactive this window. And the other, the other thing, Jamie, as well, is surely that's one of the roles that's, that, that Celso could do. You know, if we bring yeah. Joseph Van yes. in and he takes that role, then what is, Lacel- what is the point of Lacelso being at Tottenham? Because if he can't get into a midfield when we haven't got... We haven't got Ndombele and we haven't got Dyer and we haven't got Sissoko and people still think we can sign somebody for that role and there's still no sign in the Celso. I, I, I look at it and I think, what is the point of having the player there in that case? Surely yeah, you, the role that yeah. he could play. Yeah, but you, you'd think I think with Gedson Fernandez, as we've said, you know, because he offers us a number of di- uh, he offers us uh, different positions, it does sound as though he maybe will be more of a squad player. I yeah. Mean, you know, whatever we say about, you know, how, whether he, if he fell out with the manager, the fact that he's not playing for Benfica suggests that he's probably not going to be of the quality to come in and, and, and start for Spurs. So, mm. yeah, I think you're right. I do think hopefully we will Giovanni Lisselso start ahead of him. We are going to go for one very final quick break. And when we return, it's Borough in the cut on Tuesday as our panel gives their thoughts and predictions. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back after this very, very quick break. Hello and welcome back to the last word on Spurs. Now we are in, of course, FA Cup action this Tuesday. That replay against Middlesbrough back at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Tickets are still available. You can buy, I think, up to six if you are a member. So definitely just try and get that ground to some degree packed out. And that's going to be very, very difficult. It's midweek. It's FA Cup replay. It might not be the strongest team. But just in terms of the strongest team, Anthony, Mourinho said after the game that we don't have the luxury to what Liverpool had against Everton. He said, I can't do what Liverpool did against Everton. We are going to have to use the majority of the players that played against Liverpool. So in terms of that, we're going to see quite a strong team, aren't we, Anthony, for this one? Yeah, and I think that's the right way to go. Like you said, I don't think we have that luxury to chop and change too much. I'm hoping to see a better performance than we did in the in the, in the first game. Um, certainly defensively, that's for sure. I did that game, I completely wiped it from my memory, if I'm honest. I can't remember any of it. No, well, we, all um, we all did, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. so don't ask me to remember anything because I have no idea. But I'm hoping to see a much better performance. And if we perform like we did yesterday, but more attack, more attacking, um, I think we should be able to get the result. We've got enough there to beat Middlesbrough, the bottom of the league in the championship. So we should... You know, on paper, we should be beating them. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a bit, I think to be better, Borough, though, they, they have had a good revival recently under Jonathan Woodgate. I mean, Jace, just to bring you into this, and I'm going to laugh about this, if Danny Rose can come into the lineup for his first start since October against Liverpool, then surely Eric Lamella and Giovanni Luchosa can at least start together against Middlesbrough on Tuesday. Surely, can't they? Well, I'd certainly hope Sessignon comes in at left-back, or as I say, Chuck Sirkin in, that's, that's for sure. Um, and I want... I want the Celso to, to start the game. Uh, he can certainly start it where, where Ericsson played yesterday. And if necessary, I, I don't mind if Oliver Skip comes in and, and plays where Winks played. But 
but bring some energy and some drive into that into that area of the pitch, regardless of who the opponent is. And then I presume with, I mean, he's, he's comment that Eric Lamella's not ready for, for longer. You know, we, we saw him at Borough, he came on and made a difference and he, he, the energy he brought yesterday made a difference. So I think with Eric Lamella, it may well be that he just doesn't feel that he, he can give us 90 minutes. Uh, in which case you think, do you start him and, and have to take him off or, or do you bring him on when, when perhaps others are running out? So, that, that's hard, but Lacelso for me has to has to play in that game, and and you know there's no way you, I want to see Christian Eriksen and Danny Rose back on that pitch. I mean, Jay, just in terms of that lineup, we're sure there will be a few changes Tuesday night. We might even see Troy Parrott, Oliver Skip get some game time. What kind of team are you expecting up against Borough on Tuesday? Yeah, I would I would not expect to see either of them just because it doesn't look like he trusts either of those two. I think it's it's a massive game for him because you know this is the this is the competition kind of that we we've all been hoping to win. Um, we brought in Jose Mourinho to kind of end this this long await, uh, eleven year wait for a trophy. So it's a massive game for him, and he can't really be taking any risks in in playing in in starting players that he doesn't trust. He's got to go with his strongest uh, strongest lineup he has available. I just don't want to see us take any risks, and we've got to get through this game. So yeah, for me, I, I don't want to see. I, I mean. I don't think we will see some of those younger players that maybe we'd hope to because I just don't think, for Jose Mourinho's sake, he can afford to, to kind of take any risks for this one. But I've been told by many, Jay, look, it's going to go extra time. It's going to go penalties. Is that the <laughs> feeling you have or do you think we'll get it done in 90 minutes? What do you reckon? No, I do I do think we'll get it done in 90 minutes. I was, as again, as I said, I was I was encouraged by the performance. You know, I, I'm not, I don't want to go overboard by our performance against Liverpool. For me, it was encouraging in terms of that we did go and compete with a really strong side. So I think in a way we have shown maybe a bit of progression. But hopefully, as we've discussed with some of the players, hopefully we can see the likes of Giovanni Lucelso coming to the team. We know their quality. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely confident for this one, hopefully. And I'm really looking forward to it as well, because as I said, this is a competition that I really want to see us win. Um, and, and we just need to end that, end that wait for a trophy. Agree. We really do. We, we need to end this wait for a trophy. Anthula, just to get your thoughts on this, first time I've had you on the show, and what a great debut it's been. The Jafet Tanganga of the panel tonight in terms of a debut. Uh, in terms of this FA Cup and in terms of the competition itself, Anthula, where does it rank in terms of your importance? Do Spurs need to treat this seriously? Do they need to get an FA Cup? Do you feel? Absolutely. Do they need to get a trophy, yeah? Absolutely. Every year I say the same, to be honest. We need, we need to get a trophy now. I think... Top four might be just out of our reach. I say just, probably quite quite far out of our reach now, if I'm honest. Um, so I think the FA Cup is definitely something we should be going for and should be taking very, very seriously. Uh, like the others said, I don't I hope not to see Rose start or Ericsson start. Um, and I'm hoping we do take the competition very, very seriously. It's high priority on my list, for sure. OK, well, I'm going to start with you, Anthula, for the prediction. Yep. What are you going to give us ahead of this game? Big game for Tottenham, this. Oh, God, I hate predicting things. When people ask me, I'm always like, ask me five minutes into the game, then I can tell you, you, might, you, Tottenham... you might not want to know five minutes into the game with the way we're playing at the moment. But then I can, but then I can tell you which Tottenham's turned up. You this just never true. know with them. It's true. I mean, Pochettino's um, seen you after, is it 15 seconds, 20 seconds? I mean, we're... Yeah, tell me about it. Um, I would probably, I'm going to go for a safe 2-1 win. A safe 2-1 win. That's the first time I've heard the word safe and Tottenham mentioned in a long time I for a prediction. In 
terms of the safe prediction of a 2-1 win, not a safe 2-1. I think it's going to be quite messy. <laughs> Perfect. OK, now, Jace, over to you. I mean, I know you don't like giving predictions when you're not sure what the team's going to be, but Mourinho's told us it's roughly going to be the same kind of side that we saw potentially against Liverpool. Prediction, Jace, are we going to get through to the next round of the FA Cup for Southampton all over again away? Yeah, we'll definitely go through. I think it'll be 1-2-0 or two nil to Tottenham. What you got to bear in mind is Borough played Saturday like we did, but they played Friday night away to Fulham. Fulham are, I think, fourth in the Championship. So, you know, that this week is a much bigger game. And, and with the travelling time back to Borough and then coming back to London, I don't think Borough will put out the, the strongest side as they did in the, the first leg. I think they will make some changes. So it will be a weakened Borough side against in theory, what should be a strong Tottenham side. And if a strong Tottenham side at home can't beat a weakened Borough side, we really have got problems. So, no, I'll go one one or two nil to Tottenham. Perfect. And Jamie? I think I'm a bit foolish in, in terms of our, I'm, I'm a bit confident for this one. I do think that we will win. I think we'll win comfortably. Um, for me, I'm going to go for 4 nil Spurs. 4 nil Tottenham. A clean oh. sheet, Jay, you sure? Clean sheet. That's extremely yeah, ambitious. That is extreme, yeah, that's, yeah. that's very true. All right, okay, 4-1. I'm not sure what's more ambitious, the four goals or the clean sheet. Or the clean I sheet. think yeah, it's both. <laughs> I think it's both. It'll be interesting to see what that attendance figure is because it might give us a, a look of, of the damage of, Europe, of Europa League football next yeah. year because it's, it's, what, it's January, we've had a couple of home games. Oh, should we put live it on the too? box, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we could, we could put it the attendance. The what are we going for? I mean, I'll go for what are we? I'm going to go for 30,000, 35,000. What do you reckon, Jace? Attendance prediction, go on. I think you're right. It'll be around about the 30 figure. And the fact that we've got six tickets on general sale per person, you know, Daniel should be very, very worried about that because. Like I say, that's that he could well face that a lot next year. And it's it's you know, we give Arsenal lots of flack for, for thousands of empty seats. And we might well have to, to see that stadium. And it will be it'll be sad to see a stadium like that only half full. So uh, I think you're right. It could be could be thirty thousand and it wouldn't surprise you if it's even less than that. Okay. And we anyone fancy a prediction on the on the attendance and for the I think, yeah, I think um, thirty thousand's right. Thirty thousand. And Philip going for it, go on. I'm saying that I reckon about 35, 36. Don't forget the allocation for Middlesbrough is a bit higher, so maybe more of them will come yeah. down and fill it up for us. Yeah, there you go. Hoping. Anthony, thank you for a wonderful debut. Lovely to have you on. We'll have to make thank it happen again sometime. Thank you for having me, guys. Soon. It's been a real pleasure having you on. Jace, thank you for coming back and giving us your wisdom and optimism. I mean, is optimism fair, Jace? Is there much optimism? <laughs> is there much to, to hope for here, Jace? We just need changes. We, we we so badly need changes. And, and, you know, like I say, I don't want to blame him too much for Saturday, but the day that a team comes and does that and Spurs finds find that acceptable, I, I think we've lost our standards in that case. And we badly need to get our standards back. And that that's not just a pop at Jose Mourinho. We have got to be a little bit more proactive at home and understand that that's not good enough. Yeah. Listen, you know, we'll always be honest and try and give people the opportunity to say what they feel. And Jay, thank you as always for coming yeah. back on. Keeping the faith, Jay, yeah? We're going to keep the faith. Yeah, 100%. Look, I, look, I think it's, it's a case of we are being realistic. We know there are so many issues with this squad. Um, and, and, we've ne and, and the fact that we went into a game trying to beat a Liverpool side who are 37 games unbeaten without an actual striker in the squad is pretty crazy. So... You've just got hope that over these, you know, the next few weeks and that whilst the January transfer window is open, that, that the club can go out and do something because it's just Absolutely. awful, awful planning 
from the club that they do not have that they've waited until Harry Kane's got this long-term injury um, to finally go and replace him. So you just hope that in the next couple of weeks we can go and get some reinforcements for this squad. I agree. And this will be the show for you to keep an eye on everything in terms of transfer news and in terms of games coming up. We've got them thick and fast. Remember to tune into Love Sport this coming Thursday. We'll be reviewing the game against Borough. Keep the faith. And as always, come on you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.